This episode of the Mother Loving Future Show is brought to you by Amber Lestrange and Jenna Penrose with JMO 5000 Productions. Hi, Jenna. Hi, Amber. Hi, everyone else who's joined us today. We're so glad you're here with us. Today's uh, topic that we are discussing is, will a baby ruin your life slash relationship? Jenna has, (laughs) this is a really interesting topic. I like this because I like discussing and exploring topics which people don't usually want to talk about or no one tells you about. It's really a self-discovery in the hardest way. Yeah, it's a bit of a taboo to tell someone that their life is going to be ruined (laughs) when they have a kid. So people don't expect that that would happen. Also, people don't like talking about their struggles. Mm. It's that they like to... Misery loves company, really. So they're just (laughs) pretending everything's cool. So you come join the dark side with them. But anyway, we're going to discuss that today. Going to get really real here. Before we get into it, do you want to share with us your definition, Jenna? Okay, so this is my definition of will my baby ruin my life? (laughs) We're joking, kind of. Not really. Okay, here it goes. When you are in a solid relationship and you want a child, but you don't know if this decision means sacrificing the bliss of your coupledom and the bliss of living a life that is free, Mm. your freedom. Yeah, so good definition. Uh, This is a really bio-individual topic. Each human is so different and And we all... child is so different. And every child, every circumstance is different. You don't know who you're getting. It so depends on the child. Too. It does. It really does. And it also depends on your relationship. Mm-hmm. I really, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, this is just Jenna and my experience. Mm-hmm. That's all we're going to be talking mm-hmm. about. And you may be able to relate. You may not. Between the two of us, we've got a pretty broad spectrum of um, motherhood experience and approach in regards to Jenna always really wanted to have children and I was a little more resistant to that. So our mother to maiden, maiden to mother stories are pretty um, oppositional, which is opposite. Uh, Check out that podcast because um, if you want to hear about how our transition was from maiden to mother, we have a whole episode about that, which I'm going to link to the show notes. Yeah, which is important. It's an important transition to really process and think about and know that you're not alone. Totally. If you're just not swimming in bliss in your early motherhood. So it's really hard. It's in it. Yeah. So I personally think that having kids has the potential to bring you closer together in Mm -hmm. your relationship or ultimately push you apart. And it could do both at the same time. Of course. Because I'd say most of the time having a kid is going to bond you in in a certain way. That's that's right. But it's more challenging because both of you individually are going through transitions and deaths from one identity Mm -hmm. and chapter of your life to the new identity and chapter of your life. Mm -hmm. And so it's a, it's not just you in the process, your partner's going through their own stuff as well. And so I would say it, if you're both ready for that transition and you both have tight systems of operation within your relationship, such as great communication, you you are on the same page about how you're going to parent, down to the details of food, sleeping, education. Um, but like even just hearing you say that, if, you, if, you're, if, if a, somebody, a couple has decided upon those things before the baby came, 
it could all go out the window when the baby comes. Yeah, but you have a much better chance at coming closer together and making it a bonding experience Mm -hmm. and become tighter if you have all that preparation done before you give birth, then those you, your communication kind of needs work. And well, and do you think that there's a lot of couples out there that have really great communication? Of course, yeah. I've, I've got a bunch of friends who are, are great. They're just a naturally a really good match. Well, your friends front. are like kind of perfect. So <laughs> no it's hard. one is perfect. I know, but they, they're, they're pretty close. So they, they just seems easy for them. And I don't know if maybe it's Everyone just Instagram. Everyone has their, no, no, it's no. Like, Instagram life is all a facade. You know that. Totally. But you know, I don't know if, if, if Everyone your friends has are challenges. a good measure for like the rest <laughs> of us. Well, I think that communication is probably the number one issue between humans, mm-hmm. just couple or, in a couple or single. That's just a major, um, you know, it's a major factor to if a project is going to work, if a relationship is going to work, if a friendship, a business, everything depends on communication. And unfortunately, we don't learn about that at school. Not at all. Yeah, I, don't, I wasn't taught that from my parents, from school, from anywhere. You learn pretty quickly out in the world what's effective and what isn't. If you're smart and adaptable. But I think a lot of people, like you just said, they're, they're not taught good communication skills. So I'd say like most people don't have good communication skills, especially when it comes to communicating around things which are emotional. Mm, conflict resolution conflict. tools, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that um, the... I would assume that the average person doesn't have the skill set to process conflict resolution mm-hmm. and everyone has a different way of coping with that. Mm-hmm. So they either run from it like or they step forward and fight it. Mm-hmm. But I find that all of that communication stuff comes down to perspective and how you're here, how you're translating what that person's saying. And that all depends on your life experience, the kind of wounds and traumas and experience you've had in life up to that point and what definitions you've established. And it can, that can affect everything that can affect how you hear the message and how you interpret everything. And also, I mean, when you've had, um, even if you have good communication skills with your partner, when you're babies can push you to the point of such tiredness and such at the end of your ropeness that once again, I feel that even if you're prepared, it could go out. It still could go out the window. Of course, totally. Of course. But if you tighten these systems before you have a baby. So for example, my, one of my perfect couple friends (laughs) are actually really smart and they're going to therapy to work on their communication skills and hash out their game plan before the baby arrives. So when the baby arrives, they've already agreed upon who's doing what, how he can help, um, that and she that needs to get... And that doesn't seem rigid though? Like that to me seems rigid. Like, that to me seems smart. That that to me seems like not a, like you have to be adaptable in the moment with a baby. Of course, but a lot of life is about preparation and going through the possibilities and saying, hey, there may be moments when I can't give you affection and when you're not my number one priority. And let's just focus on the reality of what our game plan is going to be in the first three months. For, for instance, Carrie and I had a really tough time in the first six months of parenthood mm-hmm. because I, everyone had told me, sleep, 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 sleep whenever you can. And of course, you're so no, you obsessed don't with the child and that you, have you just so much can't laundry close your eyes. You just don't yeah. end up doing you it. You don't end up sleeping. So because I was so sleep deprived, mm-hmm. 
I turned into an absolute psychotic mess. Yes. And that's normal. Can I just say to turn into a sleep deprived psychotic mess is baseline par for the course, normal, you know? Of course. But if we had maybe gone to a therapist or sat down together and worked out a game plan before the breakdown, Carrie and I could have maybe said, okay, so to avoid more psychotic messes that then we need, why don't we just decide now every morning you wake up at 6 a.m. and take the baby out of the house for an hour so I can have a solid sleep for that hour or have some space to do what I need to do. Instead of working that out six months down the track when I'm already furious at him and our whole life is falling apart. Mm -hmm. I agree. I totally agree with you um, that preparation is great. Um, But I also want to represent the point of like, Eve, you could prep a lot and it could just end up being a totally different situation. And I think everyone, that's the reality. Mm -hmm. I think that everyone needs to be prepared for things to fall apart. But today we're discussing how to avoid that as much Mm -hmm. as possible and what's going to bring you closer and what will likely tear you apart. Totally. And I just think, you know, because I just remember why I'm arguing this is because I remember when we were in birth prep, they told us, you know, prepare yourselves, do this, do this. They had all these couples exercises like to prepare you for new parenthood. And then at the end of those exercises, they were like, you know, this could help you or this could not. It could all literally all go out the window when mm-hmm. the baby's born because you think it's all you think it's going to be one way, especially if you have never had a baby before. You think it's going to go this certain way and then it could literally not at all go that way. And so you have to as just the same as being prepared is great, but being flexible I want to add mm-hmm. as something that could help. Totally. It's you know? it's the same it's just the same approach for birth is the smartest mm-hmm. approach, mm-hmm. which is sure you have this perfect birth plan and you know how you want to do it and Da, da, da. And in the moment, mm-hmm. you get sideswiped yeah. by the unexpected. Exactly. And no matter and how prepared you it. are, you have to flow with it. Yeah. You know, that's so. the element of, you know, life spontaneity where mm-hmm. you just can't escape that. Yeah. And we're all on at earth school here. <laughs> we're so all we, trying to figure it we out. We can expect that like life is le- about learning lessons and we're going to be thrown stuff that we're not expecting and it's not really all going to be easy and and peaches and cream. Okay. So tell me how your relationship was before baby. I feel like my relationship was super strong before baby. Although looking at it now in retrospect, I see that we were like, so we're just like at a deeper level of of connection now that we've gone through all this parenthood stuff together, but we were blissfully unaware and had a great relationship (laughs) at the beginning. That ignorance is bliss is mm-hmm. so real. Mm-hmm. I kind of want to be ignorant and blissful sometimes. I know Jesse has often said that he, you know, wishes we had waited longer, just like a yeah. couple more years to have kids. Cause yeah. we had a kid like a year after we got married and <clears throat> you know, I think that that would have been good, but I also know how obsessed I was about having a baby. Like I couldn't enjoy life without having a baby at that point. So I don't regret it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so your relationship, did, do you feel, how long were you dating Jesse before you guys got married? We dated for two years and then we got engaged and then we got married six months after that. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Jumping the gun, six months. Really? Nice. Yeah, you should, people, well, you should people wait a year, right? Well, the reason why we probably would have, but we wanted, we got engaged in March of 2011 and we wanted our wedding to be 11, 11, 11. That's so smart. it was based on that, that we had to kind of hurry. Okay, I love that. Mm-hmm. Did anything magical happening at 11-11 oh, on 11-11? Yeah. So much magic, yeah. And then now it's like, 
Jesse still texts me every day at 11.11 and 1.11. Aww. Now everyone's going to think of you every day at 11.11 when they see (laughs) you. Cute. Okay, my relationship to Carrie before baby. Let me think about this. Since I asked. (laughs) Exactly. Well, I was about to ask you another question, but then I I wanted to... Interject with your own story. No, but like to have a comparative point. Totally, totally. Um, So in the same vein as when you said you didn't really, you hadn't been faced with too many intense challenges mm-hmm. so you guys were just like floating mm-hmm. along in your little bliss bubble like i don't think we had one fight like we didn't fight wow yeah. wow we had never fought well two years is still you're still on your best behavior totally i think two years you, you still haven't fully shown your full self and i'm not one for conflict really like i don't like conflict so yeah. i'm not one to be fighting all the time yeah you know? yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so yeah, things that you asked. Um, <laughs> I think, let me think back to this. So Carrie and I had been, had also been dating for about two years and then he proposed to me mm. and then within two months Same. I was pregnant. Mm. Now, during those two years, it's, it's interesting, during those two years we were definitely in that Honeymoon phase. Yeah, that honeymoon little blissful phase. But there was definitely an element of me that was always feeling like I wanted more. Feeling just uniquely with Carrie's character type. I was so used to having boyfriends and partners. That are obsessed with you. Yeah, really obsessed and and affectionate and all over me. And I'm a Leo as well. So I love that that sense of being just a and mollycoddled and oh yeah baby (laughs) so uh it was interesting for me because he's the polar opposite to me on the astrological Mm -hmm. chart and in so many ways Mm -hmm. and so for a long time I think we actually pulled your charts once and you guys are like really opposite literally literally opposite opposite. and same with me and Jesse we're literally opposite divine union divine union listen to that episode that's we just released (laughs) that that's a really fascinating topic So uh, there was always a little um, thread underneath our relationship where I was in a little bit of angst, really just adapting to living in the heart rather than living in the ego. What do you mean angst? Can you explain that a little bit more? Yeah. So there was just a little bit of me that was always wanting more from him rather than just taking on everything being perfect as it is. Interesting. I've never heard you admit that before. Yeah, really? Oh, maybe you never asked. We haven't got that part to that part in our <laughs> well, story surprise. that we're writing. <laughs> so yeah, there was a part of me that was kind of unsatisfied in that area, right? Because you were like, why isn't he loving me more? Well, I was just, yeah, as a Leo, you want to be stroked. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted more affection, more romance, more lovey stuff, more, 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 more. And so I think that everything was great and fun and our life was here, there, parties, adventures, traveling, all about us, which is great. And we're still getting to know each other. And then when baby arrived, all of a sudden I was so distracted. Kerry was not my number one priority. He was not I wasn't molly coddling him and looking after him and waiting for him to text, waiting for him to call or get home. And he was the big source of um, entertainment and focus of my life. It shifted from him to the baby. And it was really interesting watching that insecurity within me dissolve. And it's almost like my whole world shifted to 
just what was real and what was important. And all of a sudden, all those little games of I'm only going to be satisfied when I have his full attention and when I know he loves me fully and he's obsessed with me and all those little uh, kind of um, things I was trying to extract from him, obviously from insecurity or my own ego, I didn't have room for. I was just, it was all about um, getting real and keeping this baby alive and figuring it out. Yeah, because it really does take all of your mm. wits to just keep the baby alive. Also, those <laughs> things don't any? matter anymore. Yeah. Those things are, you're so solidified in your union with this person. You have a true life. You've got roots in the ground as a family that those little games and things that you probably just entertain yourself with. Um, there's no room for that. Things get real is what I want to yeah, say. Yeah, it, it, it does get real. And, and then it's, it's like also just the labor I found, it's kind of like when it starts getting real because even if you're trying to like be all nice and sweet to each other up until the point where you go into labor, when you go into labor, you start acting like just an animal, at least if you are <laughs> had a natural childbirth. And it sort of like goes out the window of like, I have to look cute. I have to look perfect. I have to look mm. good. And that right then it's like, all right, you've seen me at my worst screaming animal, like on all fours <laughs> with like a baby coming out yeah. of like my butt. Why bother wearing makeup <laughs> ever again? They've yeah. completely seen <laughs> you at your baby crawling out of your butt. That's a funny one. It's true though. How weird was that? That moment you saw the baby coming out of you and you had one head on one end of your body and a head on the <laughs> other end of your body. I didn't see it. You were just closing your eyes. I'm just and trying to think. Praying for um, dear life. Well, on one, the first baby, I was like on all fours, and he came out on the from the back, so I couldn't see it. And they were like, "Do you want a mirror?" And I was like, "Hell oh. no!" <laughs> yeah, to smash your face with. Sorry. <laughs> and then the second one, it was a bit of an emergency situation at that point, so I didn't even. It was just sort of like, and she was out. Yeah, got it. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> got great visuals it's right not, now. It's not going to happen to you that way. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. Um, so yeah, I guess my point is motherhood uh, sped up the transparency, the Realness authenticity, factor. the realness. And it's an interesting point because if your relationship up until that point has been based on roles, role playing or a bit of a game or um, keeping up a certain appearance or a facade for that person that isn't really authentically you, but you're doing it to keep the peace. For instance, if you're with a bit of a, I don't know, control freak, maybe you want to keep everything perfect the whole time to keep peace in the relationship. Totally. When you have a baby, that goes out the window. You don't have time to cater for your man's needs in that way, to mollycoddle them in that way. You are just doing what's important and you're trying to do the bare minimum work to stay alive. And so there's no room to do the facade. And I think that that can either be a really frightening moment for people in their relationship dynamic or Very that's not or totally liberating. Mm -hmm. And I think in that moment where things become so real and your true dynamic appears, you can either become closer or you can be pushed apart. People can be, a lot of men or say- both. I think it could be both. Yeah, of course. And it's, and, and it's also both. It's everything. But it can really push you one way or the other as a um, foundation of your dynamic. How many times have you heard a man say, as soon as they had a baby, they turned psycho? Like men saying... Or they like let themselves go. Yeah, let themselves go so funny or just I turn into a crazy person. Well, I've never heard any men say that in good thing because I probably would 
punch them. Because <laughs> that's like, you're not protecting your woman to say that. That's like kind of mean. I know, but there's something behind that where I think that a lot of the time, and not all the time, but a lot of the time, there is this need to appear perfect, to appear like you're putting, you're putting your best foot forward. And there's only so long you can hold that up for before you really reveal all of yourself. And sometimes it's a shock. It's a shock when your partner um, or, you know, you or your partner see parts of your partner that they didn't sign up for or that they didn't know existed. And so there's a lot more to this process of birthing as a parent than we, than just the baby. It's a whole part of yourself that you're trying to explore and discover and climatize to. And for your other partner, they're birthing into a a father Mm -hmm. and together you're recalibrating those two new skins that you're now in. So I think there's a lot of, um, I don't know, there's a lot of adjusting in this process. And then add to that a whole bunch of hormones, add to that very little sleep, if mm. any, and add to that just the shift of energy, like you had said, but b- before the energy was focused on each other and now you're focusing on this new baby so the energy is not on each other anymore. So those three things together, it's like... So how, how did it look? And give me, the, give me a glimpse into your first six months of parenthood, but in the context of how it affected your relationship. I think I was okay for the sick first six months. I was so obsessed with my baby because we had had like this past life together where he, you know, been taken from me and killed and da long story. So like I was so obsessed with him when he was first born that that carried me through for like a long time. But did Jesse become jealous? No. So he loved that you were obsessed with the baby and that he wasn't your number one anymore. He focused on work. Mm-hmm. Like we had stuff to focus on. So it honestly didn't hit us at the beginning. It hit us uh, when I would say, I'm kind of just ballparking it, but maybe a year or even more in when I had been breastfeeding 24 hours a day, I hadn't slept. I was doing everything. You know, mm-hmm. he really wasn't doing anything. He was just working. And um, I was still trying to, you know, have cater to his needs and cater to the baby's needs. And my needs were completely non-existent. Like I didn't do anything for myself. And, um, eventually I was like good with that for a while, but then I, it it finally really wore me down and that it wore me down when I just hadn't slept in a year and I was breastfeeding and I had nothing left to give, you know? And so how did the relationship look at this point? (sighs) Just us fighting a lot more and fighting about stuff like I didn't feel like he understood. I didn't feel like... Fighting about stuff I never thought we would fight about, really. Like fundamental things like you don't understand what I need and what how how to make, you know, help me, you know, kind of things. Mm. Um, And he was just completely clueless. Like he, (laughs) he really didn't know. Like he genuinely did not know what to do, what to say, how to make it better. He was just like stabbing in the dark. Yeah, got it. So it sounds like 
the seed of the the um, angst in the relationship was birthed from the angst within you, the imbalance within mm-hmm. you. And perhaps if you were at a better place with your self-care and yourself, you were better slept, you you had some help and, yep. and had more systems in place. Because I had no help. Yeah. I mean, I had my, my, the grandparents were all live in LA, but like they were just as stressful as helpful at that point. Yeah, yeah. And then... Um, so that's I was taking care of everything. I was yeah. cooking three meals a day. I didn't have so any nanny. Key. I was doing everything. I had no self-care. So yeah, it was self-care that got me, but it wasn't until, it really wasn't until Maisie was born. It wasn't until the second was born that I was like, I cannot do this anymore. Like I'm going to die, hmm. like <laughs> curled up in the fetal position yeah. any minute. So maybe if someone... Um, has good systems in place with their sleeping, they have help, they have a bit of balance and self-care in their life, mm-hmm. maybe it won't affect their relationship. And, what, and I just want to add though, back to the bio-individuality, because my child's, my first child's bio-individuality was very intense, very intense, very oppositional, very, everything is difficult. Everything was crying. He'd wait, he did not sleep. He would wake up every 45 minutes. Like other babies, his age slept through the night, you know, and he didn't. So part of my breakdown definitely was contributed. Just who he was. To who he was. What baby got. Yeah. yeah. That's a huge one. Huge one. And you never know what you you're going to get. <laughs> Yeah, it's like such a little lottery, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Okay, and so how did having a second baby affect your relationship? Going from one to two, what changes did you see? Most of the changes that I saw were in myself. And just in my, uh, before I had been able to cope with things, I'd been able to, um, you know, deal with everything and even on little amounts of sleep. But with the second baby, I just, I couldn't anymore. I was like, I, I, well, I need can't. to ask for help. I needed to ask for help. Mm-hmm. That's when we got Veronica, and which is amazing. I don't even know how I did it without Veronica now. Veronica. You know, out of Wayne's World? No, never mind. Veronica's a hot girl's name. Yeah, Veronica's our nanny. She's an absolute legend. Yeah. We love Veronica. So I think, and then what I did also after the second baby came is like, I started taking my self-care into my own hands, partially because of you and partially because of this podcast. I remember when we started talking about self-care on this podcast and stuff, I would say things like, I don't need that. Like that's not needed for me, you know? Cause that's how deeply I was in the mentality of like, I just got, I got this. I'm just going to, I'll take it. I'll just pile it on me. And like, I'll just take it all, you know? And that's where I was at until I like literally, like the straw, a straw broke my bag. I couldn't do it anymore. You know. So once you had your self care in check, Mm -hmm. how is your relationship like before you had kids and then compare it to now that you have two kids, but you have your balance and self care and you're good within yourself. I think it's way better. Okay. And tell us how it's better. I think it's way better now. Um, I think having our two kids, especially because one looks exactly like him and one looks exactly like me and just having them both, our little kids, and it just, just by nature of that, 
brings us together. It's pretty romantic having a family with someone. I know. I remember the notion of, wait a second, I get to create my own family now? Mm. I'm birthed into a family, not of my choice. I mean, soul con- contract wise, I guess. But, you know, you're just thrown into this family unit and you're that's your family. But you get to a point as an adult where you get to choose and create your own family. It's and then so your exciting. kids just get thrown into it. <laughs> and then, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's a really romantic notion. Totally. So I think we we have that romance based on that. But I also think it has been such an eye-opening spiritual journey uh, for all of us, but especially for, for Jesse. Like he came in with a closed heart and just his spiritual pro- progression and the progression of his heart opening since he's had these kids um, it's been really remarkable mm. and has rendered us to be able to have a closer, deeper relationship than was ever possible before when we were all trying to like be in the honeymoon stage and not step on each other's toes. Mm. And um, it was just more sh- surface. It was shallower. Mm. Now it's just deeper. Don't you think it's like taking on your life's best creative project with your partner? Mm-hmm. Parenthood. Yes, that's one way to look at it. Although you have to also completely relinquish control, at least somewhat relinquish control. But as a unit, it, I, I think that you have to become a team mm-hmm. for it to work, mm-hmm. and for you not to be resentful that you're doing all the work and they don't just they don't they have to be on board with how you're going to parent. And so I think that if you and your partner are able to agree on those things, it can become this incredible expression of teamwork. Mm-hmm. And that's there's, there's, an, there's an element of understanding each other and appreciating mm-hmm. each other and coming closer to each other in that element of teamwork. Mm-hmm. Like you and I, because we're, we're working in on the same template, we work well together. Mm-hmm. But if we were working on different systems and different ideas of what the template is, it would be it would discombobulated. It wouldn't totally, work. Totally, like ships passing in the night. Mm. How about you? What was um, your experiences with after the baby was <clears throat> born and how did, how did that affect your relationship? It was really interesting. Um, I realized that having a baby with the realness that came with having a baby it really highlighted everything that we needed to work on individually and within our own relationship. And that was very confronting and seemed overwhelming. And at the same time, it was such a blessing and such an opportunity to continue to move to becoming like more of closer to divine union, uh, a truer bond, a, a stronger bond, all of the shackles of facade, as I said before, broke away and the roles and the trying to keep up your best you know, self. And it became about really making this work. And we were joined together. We were on a joint mission of having a happy, healthy baby and partnership. And I had a few things that, a few hard lessons I learned in the first, uh, I would say in the first year. I also didn't sleep. I didn't sleep at all. I was um, breastfeeding on demand, co-sleeping. Kerry was working all day and a lot of nights as well when he was opening restaurants. And I was, I didn't have any family in America and We didn't have a nanny. I was terrified of handing over my my baby to someone else's um, energy and ideas. Same with and me. I w- I just felt like he was so sensitive. Mm-hmm. I, he also didn't want to go to anyone. Same with the, my first. So I just and they're both very, that. Both the boys are just very mm-hmm. sensitive and attached 
to us. Mm. I wanted to respect that first year of really being there for him and helping transition him into this world. I didn't want to just hand him over. Not that I judge mothers who do that because some people have to. And, and not s- only that, but some, some babies kids are, good with that. are good with that. Yeah, like exactly. I look at my second baby and she's totally fine with it. Yeah. It's different personality. You yeah, know? that's exactly right. So For the first year, I was an absolute mess. I was probably sleeping on average four hours a night and scattered four hours throughout the night. Um, I had no help. I was literally with my baby around the clock. So there were no breaks. He was super needy, constantly breastfeeding. So I was completely drained Um, and I was (laughs) shell-shocked for sure. So within that breakdown of balance, it completely trickled into my relationship. I remember having the realization that first priority shouldn't actually, I I mean, I'm in a bit of a debate within myself about this, but I think that the first priority should always be the relationship between you and your partner. And if that is solid and strong and harmonious and beautiful, then you'll be able to be a better mother and you'll be able to be genuinely more radiant and happy and the son of the family. If that original apex of the of the triangle is is not happening, you guys aren't meeting and it isn't a strong foundation, then that trickles down into every element of your life and babies pick up on all of that. They know whether you guys are happy or not. So <clears throat> I realized after that year that this wasn't okay to put our relationship second best, second priority. Um, And I didn't even have the energy to, you know, consider him or or, um, work on our relationship. So I first tactic was just to get myself back into balance. And I think you make an important point here, which is like you don't have the energy. Like even if you go in thinking, oh, I'm going to wear makeup every day and I'm going to no, 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 no. It's like you're You're going to not have, you're going to be in survival mode, most likely. Some Some people not, but the majority mm, will, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And coming from that place, I realized that I need to prioritize my relationship. And the way I did that was to create weekly rituals. So every week on a Thursday night, we always had a babysitter and we always went out on date night. We would do something. We wouldn't go to a movie together. We would do something that where we had to communicate and not about, um, you know, what not about not about the kid basically about our life and our future and how we're feeling and what's going on and what we need to get on top of together. So that was a really important ritual that I should have put in way earlier than a year down the track. And you still do that, don't you? Yeah, we still do that. Every every um, week we do that. Also nightly baths would, was a really fun way. And the next baby, if that baby ever comes, um, I'm really excited to implement some systems so that I know that when that baby, I know the hours that baby is going to be sleeping, hopefully, and those hours I can dedicate to being with Carrie, having a bath, having some time together. What do you mean you're going to know what hours the baby's sleeping? Well, I didn't have a schedule with Valentine. He so would just sleep when he falls asleep. I'm, I'm depending on who the individual is who comes through and how sensitive they are and their needs and how adaptable they are. I'm calling in a really easygoing, like chill baby who loves to sleep a lot. <laughs> you hear me, universe? And so I am not afraid to try sleep training this time. If I get that type of baby who will be cool with it, I'm totally going to sleep train. I think it's so, yeah. and at least that way I have a schedule. And I know that if, if they're sleeping 
between those hours, I get to have a solid four, maybe six hours during the night with my husband. And I, we can talk and we can make love and we can, it isn't, we're not, we don't ever see each other. And then when we do, it's not stressful. So I think that, yeah, I guess self-care and schedules and whatever you can do to prioritize your relationship is a really important thing to get in place. And luckily I was with a man who was intimidated by being second, <laughs> you know, for, for a long time, he was my solid attention and he would get all my affection and attention and Valentine came along and I didn't have the energy to give him affection and it wasn't my priority. And so he didn't take that personally, but I know a lot of men do. Do they? And it's hard for them. Yeah, a lot of men do. Of course, if they're used to being mollycoddled and then all of a sudden there's a new person in their life and in the house that gets all the, the wife's love, that's, that's a big adjustment for them. And I think that that can build up. Women get resentful that they're not mind readers and they don't know how to just take the initiative to pick up the baby if it's crying or feed it or change the diapers or whatever. And they get resentful that they're kind of left out now and they're not our number one. So I think there's a lot of room to understand what your partner's needs are for, for both of you and make an effort to meet that and have good communication. And in that regard, I think you can become a tighter unit. I agree. Um, hmm. how did you change as a person from before you had a child to after you had your baby? How did Jesse change and how do you change? I know you said that he had his heart blasted mm -hmm. open and I think, um, how I have changed is like, I've just really lost any interest in anything other than my my family and my like my, well my spiritual pursuit is really high up there but other than that like my my husband and my children and like our work together is like all we all that I care about like I don't really care about going out going up to the club like mm -hmm. you know I don't care about so anything. you're clear on what matters and you don't have yeah. enough time in your life mm -mm. to entertain things that are just feeling uh, distracting you no. and like especially like the how I think it's come across a lot is like social situations especially social situations that are <laughs> I hate to say meaningless but like just like full of small talk mm -hmm. and like just uh, that to me is like can't do it waste of time waste of so time many more over things it. to get on top mm -hmm. of like I just want to like be with my babies I want to make art I want to spread truth mm -hmm. and I want to make the world a better place for them to live in. And that's like okay. all I care about. So you've been more effective with your time. Yeah. You've, you've been just truer. And, and just more just like what's what really matters, you know, like mm. just no time for anything that doesn't really matter. That's great. How about you? Um, well, uh, the obvious one, it's not really about me anymore. It's I've, The things that used to bug me in the relationship or that I was always chasing and wanting and even in life has disintegrated. And I think that that's a really um, healthy thing to move away from chasing something and wanting more and wanting something to embellish my life or how I'm feeling. That's gone and it's really about being of service. This whole new part of me has opened up um, around life mission and what I need to do to be of service and the, my bigger calling rather than just having fun. 
and her ego is dying people (laughs) that's it it's it's part of the ego death and I think that that was a huge one for me it's very uncomfortable moving from maiden to mother for me because I was watching before my eyes the the (laughs) the process of the ego death where you can't it just can't be about you it's just not about you anymore and it's it's a beautiful thing I think that needs to happen if you're going to be you know of service in the world to a bigger degree so that was a huge change for me. Um, it also gave me a really deep, um, a really deep foundation of compassion and empathy. I remember when I first gave birth to Valentine, I was so enamored with this miracle that was before me that I remember the first time I ventured out of the house, I started to see people walking past me in the street and I would look at them and I had a completely new perspective on the preciousness of life and that that person walking past me is an absolute miracle and a soul that needed to come in and that's on a mission. And I found this new sense of respect and sacredness with all the people, just strangers and people in my life that were crossing my path. And I think that sense of compassion um, really opens you up to just have a deeper appreciation and gratitude for humans and life and less of a separation complex. So that was huge. Um, How else did it change you? I mean, there's a a certain amount of letting go and being fully yourself, fully stepping into the good, the bad, the ugly within my own self that I wasn't afraid to do because I felt more rooted in our partnership for life. I felt as if we we had a bond between us that was the most important thing because not only you were and, it ruined my and, life. You and your partner? Me, me, you me and, and Carrie, me yeah. and my partner. Because if, if Carrie and I didn't make a concerted effort to keep balanced and happy and bright together, that would affect this innocent little beauty that we had created together. And there was no way that I was going to let my stuff, my wounds that I need to work through, get in the way of him enjoying his time with me and his experience. I understand the imprint that parents put onto their children and I was determined to be as healthy and whole and happy as possible for his sake. He was really motivated to make sure that our relationship was as good as it can be. And I mean, that's really a impossible goal because life is, you know, up and down and dark and light and good and bad. But at least we are working towards that being a big priority for the sake of our child and also, I mean, you know, what else? It's just a waste of time on earth if you're constantly struggling with yourself and with your partner. So, yeah, just things got real, baby. Uh, so how, did, how else did Jesse change other than opening his heart, which is a massive change? Did he become more considerate? Did he fall deeper in love with you as a mother? I mean, do you remember how Jesse was after the birth? Did, did Was he just like you warrior? No. Respect. Really? Not really. <laughs> really? He was not a supportive birth partner. <laughs> At Jesse, all. what are you doing? At all. He didn't help me. I was all alone. Was it his own fear that was stopping him from being available for you? What was that? 
I think that it just gen- he genuinely didn't know what to do and didn't know what to say. So he froze up when he got helpless. And he, he and it was like, or he'd try and it was like so unhelpful that I'd be like, <laughs> get away. Yeah, <laughs> That's hysterical. Okay. Like it just was, yeah. And he. How has fatherhood changed him? Besides the open heart. I think that it's also just got, he's gotten a lot more real about his job and like just making Mm, it in the world. That's a big one for men. Just, you know, really putting in those hours to make his business successful. Um, That's, that's one way that he's really contributed. I mean, he's very in his masculine. I'm very in my feminine. So when the babies were born, it really, a lot of the baby stuff fell on me and Mm. the working stuff fell on him. Mm. Ah, that traditional Tradition. role play. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But mm. I mean, it worked for us. I'm not saying it's going to work for everybody, but that was our experience. Mm. I'm not even going to say it worked for us. I'm just going to say that was our experience. It just experience. happened, yeah. yeah. Being a father for Carrie has completely opened up his heart, has Wait till made him... Wait girl. Oh, yeah. That's coming up next. Putting that order in. Um, it's really changed how, because his heart is more open, it's changed our relationship as well. There's definitely a softness in him that wasn't there before. Maybe it was there before, but it, it hadn't been pried open yet. Um, so I've seen huge changes in our relationship because he individually was changing into a father. And same for me, changing into a mother. So I think there's just an all-round softness in our relationship that wasn't really there before. And a deeper consideration. He also went through the the death of it being all about him and into the birth of it being about my family. So um, I think that's a big change in a relationship. You're both working towards a goal of it being about the family and for the kid. So that's a big one. Um, hmm. Is there anything else you, you want to explore? What what would you do differently now knowing what you do? I mean, I mean how it goes go, down. Yeah, how it goes down before good you question. had a baby. That's a good question. Would you do anything differently? Yes, I think I would. I think that the where I would go different is around my self care rituals. I would have instituted self care rituals for myself from the beginning. Also, for me, like I suffer with guilt a lot. It's mama's guilt, just guilt in general. Like, um, I heard a good quote, which is when the baby comes out, the, the guilt comes in. Um, but it's just like, I, I've, yes, I did. Like, I wouldn't get my nails done because I would feel guilty. Like, why would I indulge myself over taking care of my kid? Like, that's truly how I felt. And your whole life fell apart because of that attitude. Well, I still feel that way. I still struggle with, with guilt, honestly. I, I What about? I just connected to motherhood or just general guilt? Guilt in general, but connected to motherhood definitely. Like just even now, it's like, yeah, we're doing a podcast and it's great, but it's like, should I be watching my kids like instead? Would that make me a better mom? Or like maybe I should, you know, I don't know, with food, I have a lot of guilt around what Milo eats because he's such a picky eater and I feel like it's it's just he's gonna be bad for his body. Like he needs to eat good food. So Certain things I do. And I think that it was guilt that really prevented me from having any self-care. Mm-hmm. So so you would get your self-care I would get my self-care regimen tight. And then I would be like, I would reject guilt mm-hmm. when, it, when it came in to stop me. 
Right. And is there anything in regards to the relationship that you would implement? Relationship-wise, if I knew what I knew now, I mean, Jesse honestly was, he's not, he was not, wouldn't have been equipped to be like the the dad that was like there with the baby doing You guys everything. didn't do date night until recently, did you? Yeah. And we now have stopped again. <laughs> Why? Well, because we used to do it on Saturdays, but then it's a long logistical thing with like the babysitter that we used to have on Saturdays that, okay. um, but. And do you think that was helping having date night? Just you two alone? I think it was, but it was also putting stress on us because we were like, we would hire a babysitter for like six hours and then we'd go out. Like if we were came back to the house while the babysitter was here, the kids would scream and just like run up to us and like, it would just be screaming. So they you just had to wanted entertain us. yourself for so six we had hours. To, we had to get out of the house and entertain <laughs> ourselves for six hours. Go to the Korean and spa. I'd love like, six we, hours We did the Korean myself. spa once. Nice. And we like, you could have a movie we like marathon. rollerbladed to the beach and then like walked to the Korean spa and then went to the Korean spa. Sounds amazing. What's and then this went problem? to dinner and a movie and it was great, but it was like, we felt like pressure to, to like have the best night of your life every, every Saturday single night. Saturday. And then, <laughs> and then it was like, then the kids were begging, literally like Milo would beg me to not have those babysitters, babysitters come. Like <laughs> he would just beg me to not have those babysitters come. Mama's so, guilt got you. Mama's guilt got me. And I was like, whatever. I'll just <laughs> watch your life anyway. <laughs> Screw my marriage. Yeah. But I don't know. Jesse and I, we have our moments that we really do connect. We try to connect at least once a day, I'd say, because like we would go and would the kids go to sleep and then we have dinner after they go to sleep. So we have dinner and, you know, we just hang out together for at least an hour or two, probably every night. Okay. And that's when we connect. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. That's something. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. How about you? What would you do differently? Uh, if you First knew? thing that comes to my mind is getting help. I would ship my mother in and force her. I thought her. you said shit your mother in. And I was like, <laughs> that is going to be a hard and disgusting process. <laughs> Jenna, get your mind out of the <laughs> toilet. That's just what I heard. <laughs> That's just what I heard. Okay, so I would fly my mother in, um, get a little granny flat going on and get the granny in there. I don't know. Would, would she like that? <laughs> I don't care what she likes. I'm trying to stay alive here, keep my marriage together. Um, I would definitely get help. I'd, I'd get my mom or help, some type of help, and I would implement that. Um, I would have a schedule with that in it. Um, from I would say, well, we're gonna week have Veronica to, come yeah. every day yeah, to yeah. your house yeah, in I'm, the morning. I'm totally hijacking Veronica as soon as I can, and then I would. Um, but I still want her to come here in the afternoon. Don't worry. You'll get Veronica. We're, just trying. We're we'll, gonna split it. We'll talk about it later. We're gonna split her. Um, <laughs> poor Veronica. She has no, no idea. I've talked we're to her. Keep her for the rest no, of her life. I told her today that we're keeping her for the rest of her life. <laughs> I told her that after we our kids grew up, we're gonna transition her to the business. She can side. babysit us. Well, what's the That's kids what, I'm dead serious. Yeah, I literally talked to her about that today. That's a really great idea. I I need her. <clears throat> she can grow our Instagram following. <laughs> I no. I did. I'm dead serious. <laughs> I love that. Okay. And so I would get more sleep because I would have the help. I'd get more balance, more sleep. And I think I'd just be a happier person. Therefore, I have a better relationship. And I would get date night going on sooner. So we have a weekly ritual where we know we're going to spend time together and check in. And to be honest, I would probably 
have us locked into therapy because there are such huge life changes and um, identity changes for the individuals involved in parenthood that I think that um, you need a safe space to process that and help people, people help you kind of gracefully transition into that and understand that feeling resistance to this new identity or resentment against your partner or whatever it may be. It's nice to have someone to bounce those um, ideas off. Um, so I would definitely go into therapy sooner. I had some idea that therapy was for crazy people and I didn't need it and a waste of money and whatever, whatever. But having gone to therapy now, it is so much fun. And it's so... Spoken like a true Leo. Yeah, no, it's just... But just watching, being able to get tools that I never would have thought of and apply them in, in our relationship in those crunchy times or non-crunchy times to avoid those crunchy times and it really working uh, has been priceless. Totally. It's been really incredible to get that level of support. Mm-hmm. So I do therapy um, and... I I don't know. I, I think that's kind of like the the main the main things, um, and just make sure that he understands that he's the priority, and also just work out what he wants and be of service to moving into what works for him and vice versa, and make sure that our communication's on point, which mm-hmm. would happen after millions of dollars in therapy. Mm-hmm. So, I think from what I've observed, you guys have good communication. Yeah, for sure. Where where it goes off is when I'm tired, mm-hmm. and then you, I just don't have the and energy. Sleep training to... is something that you might do different. Oh yeah, time. definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I mean, depending on the child, but if the baby's a little bit more I flexible, a, I then... have a feeling about your baby that she's looking at me like, "Oh my god, God, tell uh, me that it's good news, that right? It's going to be a good baby." But a bit cheeky when they're when they're maybe like in their teenage years. So a mini me, <laughs> yeah, mini you. Well, Great. I think that Valentine's kind of like a mini Carrie, is he? I mean, he look. I think he looks more like Carrie, huh? Don't you? People are saying he's moving into looking more like me, but maybe, you know. maybe he is. <laughs> but if you look at like baby pictures of Valentine, I feel like he's like mini Carrie. Yeah, he is as a baby. Yeah. Definitely, he's morphing into me though. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully for his sake. <laughs> Just joking. I mean, Just joking. I mean, your husband reeled you in, so That's can't true. do better than that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think I think we've covered a lot today. How does that feel? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, so end note, I guess, is what I'm taking away from this conversation is that it really, whether or not a baby will embellish your life or tear it apart depends on how your relationship with yourself and if you can maintain a sense of balance and health that will be reflected in the relationship and that will make motherhood fatherhood an easier and more enjoyable transition and I know that Carrie has got me on a whole new level of respect because he's seen how much I can handle and he's seen how devoted I am to our child and he's seen me blossom into a better version of myself and being a mother has really completely transformed me into uh, just I'm I'm so much more proud of who I am as a mother than who I was as a maiden. Aww, so I agree. Yeah. So I just I th- I think that motherhood. If you're considering motherhood, 
do it. Don't be afraid because it can, it's going to be real and raw, but it's the greatest opportunity of your life to be the best version of yourself that you can be. And Mm -hmm. don't be afraid of that. And to get real with yourself and really get down Mm. to it. Embrace the growing pains. Mm -hmm. And also that'll be reflected in your relationship if your partner's also willing to do the work and like be graceful with that transition and fully move into it. Um, great. Okay. So do you have an invitation for the listeners, Jenna? Yes. So my invitation for the listeners is if you do not yet have a child and you're thinking about that or you're pregnant, sit down with your partner and begin to hash out some of the things that we've talked about today, such as your, what your self-care rituals are going to look like, what sleep schedule might look like, um, if you've got issues with communication or any issues in the relationship, now is the time to hash them out. Go to therapy. Stay in therapy if you need it. Um, I would say, yeah. And then also if you are already a parent, if you've already made that transition, but you are having issues with your partner, same thing. Like really get down to it. Put your relationship as a priority and see if you can't, um, you know, through whatever means necessary, push past those issues and also embrace the realness the grittiness Mm -hmm. embrace that moment where grittiness is so in right now authenticity (laughs) is so in right now you don't have to be all that transparency (laughs) no but really there's something really beautiful about being loved and accepted for the full version of yourself rather than just the easy Mm -hmm. version the cute version the pretty and perfectionist version there is that's true love Mm -hmm. that when your partner sees you in those moments where you're falling apart Mm -hmm. and can still love you and see your essence and stick with you because of that and vice versa that's a sustainable love that's something that is going to be long lasting and you you may as well know if you got what it takes or not sooner than later right yep <laughs> so i would just embrace that. that and not be afraid to um to just be fully you and ask for the help you need lovely yay okay guys well Thanks, Jenna, for chatting with me. Thank you for chatting with me. And thanks, everyone, for listening to us chat. To us and being with us. And we really hope that there was some there was something in there for you. And just trust that you got this. However life flows, you got it. If you're living at the end, if you're alive and the baby's alive at the end of the day. <laughs> you got it. You won. <laughs> Hashtag winning. <laughs> Uh, If you're not following us on Instagram, you should be. The mother-loving future. Check it out. And leave us a five-star review on on iTunes. Yep. Because we will love you forever. (laughs) And share this. If you have any mama friends or mama-to-be friends, share this. Because a lot of the time it's just being involved in a conversation that a lot of people don't have that can spark a sense of acceptance or um, forgiveness for yourself or an idea that can set you on a whole different course. So don't be afraid to spread the love. We love you. Spread it thick. And we'll feel you with us next time. Bye, guys. See you later. Visit our website, themotherlovingfuture.com for more information. And please leave us a five-star review on iTunes if you like what you hear. We read every single review and comment, and we are so grateful for your support. See you next week.